Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Jollyville Radio for our fourth and final installment of our collaboration with Patricia Haynes Ainsworth. If you are brand new to Jollyville, welcome, and uh, this is probably a weird place to start. Um, maybe I would invite you to start with season three or season four, um, or if you really like what you're hearing, of course, you can start back on good old season one. So anyway, this is part two of Murder at the Silver Spittoon Saloon, written by our friend Patricia Haynes Ainsworth. Enjoy! Sherry? Sherry? You here? She must have stepped out for a bit. Seems strange for her to leave the saloon unattended like this. Anyone could walk in and avail themselves of the refreshments on the shelves. Did somebody say something? Come out from behind that bar so as I can see you, stranger. It might take a bit, but I'm coming. I'm unarmed, so don't shoot me. So, it's you, Mr... Rhodes, but you can still call me Dusty. I thought you left town. Nope, I still have business to do here. Can I have another whiskey? I suppose there's no one here to object. That is, if there's still any whiskey left. You missed all the excitement. Which particular excitement are you talking about? The infamous proprietor of this establishment was shot out in the street a bit ago. He's stone cold dead. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. Him being an upstanding businessman in the community and all. Guess somebody thought he wasn't all that upstanding. Well, he sure ain't upstanding anymore. (laughs) (laughs) There you are, Sherry. What are you two sidewinders being so chummy about? Just having a little wake for the dearly and very recently departed. Hell, Lefty. Sullivan's body ain't even cold yet, and you're already celebrating. Can't get cold enough for me. You shouldn't talk like that, at least not out loud. There's a marshal coming up from Tombstone to investigate the case. The sheriff telegraphed for him. Seems the sheriff's a bit incapacitated. The widow was swinging her purse around again and broke his nose. It's a wonder that man is still alive. He seems to have an uncanny knack for standing up when he should be ducking. I thought you all would be here. How can you be so calm at a time like this? There is a murderer in this town. Aren't you concerned about who it is? Missy, I don't know any town in this here Wild West that doesn't have at least four or five murderers in it. Just look down the street. There isn't a face here that wouldn't look real comfortable on a wanted poster somewhere. What reason would anyone here have to kill Mr. Sullivan? Hmm, well, why don't you tell us a reason you had to kill Mr. Sullivan, Miss Lucy? You had a reason. I don't know what you mean. I loved him. Well, there's many a woman who's murdered a man because she loved him. Ain't that the truth? My wife once put a rattlesnake in my red flannel undies. What happened? 
I divorced her. Oh, what happened to the snake? Oh, it didn't bite me. Scared the you-know-what out of me, though. That's why I never changed my underwear. Ew. What? I have rights, you know. I have the right to an attorney of my choosing. I have the right to remain silent. Then be quiet, dagnabbit. Good evening, folks. I'm Territorial Marshal Virgil Earp. Don't you mean Wyatt Earp? Well, Wyatt's my younger brother. Wyatt is the only Marshal Earp I ever heard of. Wyatt, Wyatt, Wyatt. That's just because he always gets the high-profile cases. He gets better press than I do. Doesn't mean he's a better Marshal. I didn't mean... I taught him everything he knows. He's constantly contaminating evidence. Honestly, I didn't mean nothing by... Uh, He's like a bull in a china shop. When anyone wants a little class, a little finesse, I'm the Earp they call. Say, excuse me. That's precisely why your sheriff contacted me about this case. Your Mr. Sullivan has a very influential man with several business dealings pending. The bank and other businessmen in this town wanted the case solved as quickly as possible. And I have not disappointed them. I have solved the case. I know who the murderer is. Oh, uh, well, you know. Well, I, 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 I could have been a whiskey out back. I, I never did it. it gone me. the whole time. What are you all worried about? None of you could be the murderer. I've got the murderer in custody right here. Wait a what? You must be joking. I found her wandering around the streets holding a pistol in her hand. I beg your pardon, Marshal, but the widow couldn't have murdered Mr. Peter Sullivan with that gun. It had no bullets in it. That's right, Marshal. We saw her try to fire it earlier. But the gun had been fired recently. The barrel was warm. Told you. The only reason the barrel felt warm was because I had tucked the gun down my cleavage for safekeeping. So you claim, Mrs. Waite. You're still my prime suspect. In the meantime, I want to question all of you, so don't leave town. Oh, for heaven's sake, Marshal. I don't think old Winnie here could hit the broad side of a barn, even if she was sober. Marshal Earp, can't we just get this taken care of so we can all be on our way? What's your hurry, Lucy? I have a train to catch. I'm leaving town. There's nothing keeping you, Miss Trueheart. You're free to leave. Hey, wait a minute. How come she can leave and we can't? I thought if you were a suspect, you couldn't leave town. I thought you were gathering all the suspects together like in one of those murder mystery stories so you could interrogate them. Well, I have no reason to suspect Miss Trueheart. But she has the biggest motive of all. She was in love. Why do you all keep saying that? How do you know if I was in love or not? I don't need love. I am a modern woman. Modern woman, my patootie. You were running around here for days saying you hoped Mr. Peter Sullivan would ask you to marry him when he got back into town. And you were steaming mad when you found out that's not what he had in mind. Of course I was mad. That man ruined my reputation. I can't walk down the streets now without men giving me catcalls and whistles. I've seen more than one case where a man was shot by a woman who thought he had it coming to him. As a matter of fact, this Mr. Sullivan was shot at least three times. That means whoever shot him either had an incredible hatred for the man or was such a bad shot they thought they had to keep trying to finish the job. 
there! Behind the bar! Stop that noise! Who, me? Yeah, you. You're making me nervous. What are you doing? Oh, I'm just having a little look around. What are you looking for? I don't rightly know yet. Pete was pretty sneaky. Thought he might have squirreled something away somewhere. I thought you said you were new in town. How did you know Pete Sullivan was sneaky? Just a minute. Who's the marshal around here? I'll do the questioning if you don't mind. Suit yourself. So, uh, mister, I thought you were new in town. How did you know Pete Sullivan was sneaky? Just something about his eyes, I guess. You can always tell by the eyes. Seems to me you might be lying, mister. Show me your hands. Whatever you say, Marshal Earp. Oh, your hands are so filthy. How am I supposed to tell if you have any gunpowder residue on your fingers if they're all black and sooty already? I don't know. Perhaps you'd like to examine all our hands, Marshal. Very funny, Lefty. Nobody likes a smart Alec. Hey, you, you, I told you to stop snooping around like that. Yes, Mr. Rhodes, this is private property. You have no right to be poking your nose everything. It maybe was private property, but it isn't now. The private part of it is dead. Aha! That's a good point. So, who does own Silver Spittoon now? Whoever is supposed to inherit the Silver Spittoon in Sullivan's will would have a good motive to kill him. It might help my investigation if I skip over to the records office and look up Sullivan's will. In the meantime, I think I'll just have another little sip. And I'll take you, Widow, back to the jail to sober up on my way. Fine, fine. All right, none of you move till I get back. I'm going to check in the dirt behind the saloon to see if Sullivan buried anything there. I'm going home to pack. What about you, Lefty? Heck, I don't care about any money. I just wanted that shifty polecat Sullivan dead. Hmm, did you kill him? Did you? What are you talking about? You hated him as much as I did. And you seem to know all the details about how he was shot. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what Marshal Earp concludes. Guess you're right. But one thing is for certain. What's that? Someone we know is a murderer. For heaven's sake, what are you trying to do, widow? Put me out of business? Stop your caterwauling. I tried to tell that marshal that I am not a singer. That is painfully obvious. Lori, but my head hurts something fierce. I've been digging all over the back of the saloon. Didn't find one chunk of silver. 
you didn't find any silver because none was buried back there. The bank manager just told me that Pete Sullivan bought this saloon with money from cashing in six mules of silver ore. You mean that varmint spent it all? Not all of it. Just most of it. All right, glad all you suspects are here. You're just in time for me to uncover the murderer. You see, ladies and gentlemen, it's all about paper. A long and winding paper trail has led me directly and irrefutably to the murderer of Peter Sullivan. What do you mean? I think he means somebody got their foot stuck onto one of them newfangled toilet paper rolls and dragged it all around town. Happens to me all the time. No! I mean a trail of legal documents such as the one the victim was holding in his hand at the time of his death. This letter. How did Sullivan get that letter back? The last time I saw it, Lefty had it in his hand. That means Lefty must have seen Peter just before he was shot. I did see him. I confronted him in the street and showed him the letter. Remember, Sherry? How I said I'd know the snitch who told those poker players about the lucky ace I always carried up my sleeve by the way he made little curly cues on their letter P's. I saw one of them curly cues on the letter that Peter Sullivan wrote today. When I saw that curly cue, I knew it was Peter Sullivan who was responsible for me losing my right hand. Oh, lefty. All this time, he was right under my nose. I wanted to kill Sullivan right there and then, but I couldn't. That's so noble and high-minded of you, Lefty. Oh, no, I meant I truly couldn't. My left hand just wasn't strong enough to pull the trigger on my gun. I went to get a knife, but Sullivan just kept walking. By the time I caught up to him with my knife, he was already dead. Somebody beat me to it. That means the murderer... Must be that man behind the bar. Dusty? Why are y'all looking at me? Because you're the stranger in town. Everyone knows that the murderer is always the stranger. Any one of us could have killed Peter at any time if we wanted to, but we didn't. No one killed him until after you arrived in town. Well, that might be a bit of false logic, Miss Trueheart. The murderer may have been in town the whole time, just waiting for the opportune moment. That's right. This moment weren't exactly opportune for me. Sure, I wanted to kill that swindler. The minute I took a good look into his eyes, I knew Peter Sullivan was really my old mining partner, Snake Eyes Pete. I think he recognized me, too. I suspected he might be going to dig up the silver he stole from me and move it to a better hiding place, so I followed him. When he went out into the street, I ducked behind a building so he couldn't spot me. I saw Lefty over there walk up to him and talk to him for a spell. Then I watched Sullivan walk away. It was just at that moment that I heard the shots. Then you saw who did it. No. All I saw was a bustle and some skirt sliding around the corner. Couldn't rightly say who it was. Well, it couldn't have been me. I was still quite incapacitated. Not to mention the fact that my gun had no bullets in it. That leaves only Sherry and Miss Trueheart. And I knew right away it could not be Sherry Lane. How could you be sure? Because I met Sherry months ago at a bar down in Juarez. How you been, Sherry? Just fine, Virgil. How about yourself? 
What were you doing down in Juarez? Virgil and I worked on a case together near the Mexican border. That's right. Sherry here worked as a Secret Service agent for the government. One of the best agents we had. She's also the best marksman in the territory. I once saw her shoot a rattlesnake between the eyes from 50 feet away. If she wanted to kill Peter Sullivan, she'd have made one hole clean through his heart. Oh, Virgil, you flatterer. That only leaves Miss Trueheart. She sure doesn't seem like a murderer. That's what I thought. The possibility confounded me at first. Then I decided to visit the registrar's office and take a look at Sullivan's will. Sure enough, it had been changed lately to make Miss Trueheart a partner in the saloon and the person who would inherit everything. If anything happened to Mr. Sullivan, that is. The registrar remembered seeing the schoolmarm at his office just yesterday. Turns out she managed to outsmart him and got her hands on the will. So what if I found out that I was Peter's beneficiary? That doesn't mean that I was even physically able to kill him. Besides, I don't even own a gun. That may be true, but Peter Sullivan did own a gun, and you had access to his office. He didn't have a gun with him when I met him on the street. He'd have probably shot me if he did. How could I possibly know how to use a firearm? Well, that was the real sticking part of my theory. But that's when I remembered you were the school teacher. I figured you must know how to read. Of course. I sent the widow back to the saloon to serenade everyone as a distraction while I visited the Badwater Public Library. I took a look at Miss Trueheart's record to see what books you had checked out lately. That, Marshall, is private information. Remember the Patriot Act, Miss Trueheart? I can take a look if I have a reason to. The books you most recently checked out of the library were Shooting Things Made Easy and Firearms for Dummies. All right. I confess. I killed him. But he destroyed me first. He took away my good name. I refused to be barkeep at his new saloon. But there was no way I could have been hired as a teacher for 200 or more miles around thanks to Peter Sullivan. I needed money to go as far away from here as possible. If I inherited the silver spittoon and sold it, I wouldn't get much, but it would at least be enough to pay for a ticket to San Francisco. It took me three shots to do it, but I finally brought him down, just like he brought me down. You're going to territorial prison. Lefty, I need an extra arm escorting Miss Trueheart to jail. I've got an arm handy right here. Well, Dusty, since Sullivan bought this saloon with the silver money he stole from you, and Miss Trueheart is going to jail, I suppose this place rightly belongs to you. Shucks, Miss Sherry. I wouldn't know what to do with the saloon. Why don't you run it for me? I'll go upstairs and take up a residence room right there. If that's all right, it would feel pretty good to sleep above ground for a change. Well, how about a toast to the silver spittoon having some new ownership? I could do with that. We're celebrating, Widow. How about another song? Really? There is one more song I know. (laughs) Buffalo gas, won't you come out tonight? Come out tonight. Come out tonight. Buffalo gas, won't you come out tonight and dance by the light of the moon?
Buffalo gals, won't you come out tonight? Come out tonight, come out tonight. Buffalo gals, won't you come out tonight? Dance for the light of the moon. As I was walking down the street, down the street, down the street. Pretty little girl I chanced to meet under the silvery moon. Buffalo girls, would you come out tonight? Come out tonight, come out tonight. Buffalo girls, would you come out tonight? Thanks for the light of the Murder at the Silver Spittoon Saloon by Patricia Haynes Ainsworth. Starring Jamie Davis as Sherry Lane, Brian Green as Lefty Lefkowitz, Richard Dayries as Dusty Rhodes, Liz Rader Hagler as Lucy Trueheart, Michael Stanley as Pete Sullivan, Michael Crosa as Virgil Earp, and Matt Waite as Widow White. Directed by Michael Crosa. Edited by Jamie Davis. Special thanks to Sherry Colding for Foley work. Additional music and sound effects attributed in the show notes below. Special thanks to Patricia Haynes Ainsworth for sharing her creation with us. Find more of her work on her podcast, Winking Cat Tales. That's cat with a K. Winking Cat Tales, available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Jollyville Radio is based in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and is a part of the Pizza Rice Podcasting Collaborative. We will return for the resolution of murder at the Silver Spittoon Saloon, right here on KJVR Jollyville Radio. Sherry here has worked a secret... <laughs> so silly. Now, Miss Sherry. Nope, my name's Sherry. All right, you're going to territorial prison. Left me... You're going to hit me Okay. Let's see, and uh, Widow is Matt. Oh, I'm on this one. Sorry. <laughs> Someone we know is a murderer. Dun dun dun. <laughs> dun dun dun. Ew. What? <laughs> oh, okay. shoot. I didn't realize I was off yeah. mute. Was I laughing? Did could y'all hear me laughing? Oh man, nobody said anything. <laughs> I think it happened after yeah, the what? Okay, okay. I think there was some noise on that. Yeah, that was that was my cat timer. Hold on, I can feed him remotely. Can y'all hear him? You can remotely yep, feed your is. cat. <laughs> yeah. I hear oh, him. There's an after I love that. It. There is. Oh. <laughs> And of course, the app isn't working. I'm sorry. Give me like 10 seconds or he's going to go nuts here. I really need to get one of those. My dog is uh, very determined um, that despite his dinner time being at 8 o'clock every night, yeah. um, you know, maybe he can convince somebody that it's 7, yep. 7.30, you know, mm-hmm. just to state his petition yep. every evening. Mm-hmm.
Same in our house. The schnauzers eat at four. Today at two o'clock, they were like, hey, and like bothering. I was like, guys, it's two o'clock. Cool it. Buffalo gas, won't you come out tonight? Come out tonight. Come out tonight. Buffalo gas, won't you come out tonight and dance by the light of the moon? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is that how that song really goes? Or did you just oh, make yeah. it up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he nailed it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> Proud member of the Podnuga Network.